Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Aguiar, and I go through the Bible chapter by chapter, guiding you, even if you've never read the Bible before. Right now, I'm going through the Old Testament. They are the historical accounts of Jesus' ancestors that point to Jesus as the Jewish Messiah. And I'm also planning special articles to help bring the Bible to life. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in the hope, joy, and peace that only the living God, Jesus Christ, can give. Be blessed. Second Chronicles 21 to 23, the valley would be rooted in an authentic relationship with God. Today's lesson from Second Chronicles is a basic warning to us. Mix with the wrong people at your own peril. We'll meet some bad kings, bad mothers with bad blood who are evil to the core. They lacked a true and honest relationship with God. Let's dig in. Second Chronicles 21, Jehoram rules in Judah. When Jehoshaphat died, and if you remember Jehoshaphat, we did, we did him like what, three days ago. Um, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son Jehoram became the next king. Jehoram's brothers, the other sons of Jehoshaphat, were as Hazariah, Jehiel, Zechariah, Azrahu, Michael, <laughs> Michael, uh, and Sheph. All these were the sons of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. Their father had given each of them valuable gifts of silver and gold and costly items, and also some of Judah's fortified towns. However, he designated Jehoram as the next king because he was the oldest. But when Jehoram had been solidly established as king, he killed all his brothers and some of the other leaders of Judah. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. But Jehoram followed the example of the kings of Israel and was as wicked as King Ahab, for he married one of Ahab's daughters. So Jehoram did what was evil in the Lord's sight, but the Lord did not want to destroy David's dynasty, for he had made a covenant with David and promised that his descendants would continue to rule, shining like a lamp forever. That's Jesus, the light. During Jehoram's reign, the Edomites revolted against Judah and crowned their own king. So Jehoram went out with his full army and all his chariots. The Edomites surrounded him and his chariot commanders, but he went out at night and attacked them under cover of darkness. Even so, Edom has been independent from Judah to this day. The town of Libna also revolted about, this, about that same time. All this happened because Jehoram had abandoned the Lord, the God of his ancestors. He had built pagan shrines in the hill country of Judah and had led the people of Jerusalem and Judah to give themselves to pagan gods and to go astray. Then Elijah the prophet wrote Jehoram this letter. This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David says, you have not followed the good example of your father Jehoshaphat or your grandfather King Asa of Judah. Instead, you have been as evil as the kings of Israel. You have led the people of Jerusalem and Judah to worship idols just as King Ahab did in Israel. And you have even killed your own brothers 
men who were better than you. So now the Lord is about to strike you, your people, your children, your wives, and all that is yours with a heavy blow. You yourself will suffer with a severe intestinal disease that will get worse each day until your bowels come out. <sighs> then the Lord stirred up the Philistines and the Arabs who lived near the Ethiopians to attack Jehoram. They marched against Judah, broke down its defenses, and carried away everything of value in the royal palace, including the king's sons and his wives. Only his youngest son, Ahaziah, was spared. After all this, the Lord struck Jehoram with an incurable intestinal disease. The disease grew worse and worse, and at the end of two years, it caused his bowels to come out, and he died in agony. His people did not build a great funeral pyre to honor him as they had done for his ancestors. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. No one was sorry when he died. They buried him in the city of David, but not in the royal cemetery. Second Chronicles 22, Ahaziah rules in Judah. Then the people of Jerusalem made Ahaziah, Jehoram's youngest son, um, uh, yeah, Jehoram's, Jehoram's youngest son, their next king, since the marauding bands who came with the Arabs had killed all the other sons. So Ahaziah, son of Jehoram, reigned as king of Judah. Ahaziah was 22 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem one year. His mother, Athaliah, a granddaughter of King Omri, Ahaz, um, um, Ahaziah also followed the evil example of King Ahab's family for his mother encouraged him in doing wrong. Nice mother. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight just as Ahab's family had done. They even became his advisors after the death of his father and they led him to ruin. Following their evil advice, Ahaziah joined Joram, the son of King Ahab of Israel in his war against King Haziel of Aram and Ramoth Gilead. When the Arameans wounded uh, Joram in the battle, he returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds he had received at Ramoth because Joram was wounded. King Ahaziah of Judah went to Jezreel to visit him. But God had decided that this visit would be Ahaziah's downfall. While he was there, Ahaziah went out with Joram to meet Jehu, grandson of Namishi whom the Lord had appointed to destroy the dynasty of Ahab. When Je while Jehu was executing judgment against the family of Ahab, he happened to meet some of Judah's officials and Ahaziah's relatives who were traveling with Ahaziah. So Jehu killed them all. When Then Jehu's men searched for Ahaziah and they found him hiding in the city of Samaria. They brought him to Jehu who killed him. Ahaziah was given a decent burial because the people said, he was the grandson of Jehoshaphat, a man who sought the Lord with all his heart. But none of the surviving members of Ahaziah's family was capable of ruling the kingdom. Queen Athaliah rules in Judah. When Athaliah, the mother of King um, Ahaziah of Judah, learned that her son was dead, she began to destroy the rest of Judah's royal family. But Ahaziah's sister, sister, Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Jehoram, 
took Ahaziah's infant son, Joash, and stole him away from among the rest of the king's children who were about to be killed. She put Joash and his nurse in the bedroom. In this way, Jehosheba, 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 wife of Jehoiada, the priest, and sister of Ahaziah, hid the child so Athaliah could not murder him. Joash remained hidden in the temple of God for six years while Athaliah ruled over the land. Second Chronicles 23, revolt against Athaliah. In the seventh year of Athaliah's reign, Jehoiada the priest decided to act. He summoned his courage and made a pact with five army commanders. Azariah, son of Jehoram, Ishmael, son of Jehoanan, Azariah, son of Obed, Masaiah, son of Adiah, and Elishaphat, son of Zikri. These men traveled secretly throughout Judah and summoned the Levites and clan leaders in all the towns to come to Jerusalem. They all gathered at the temple of God where they made the solemn pact with Joash, the young king. Jehoiada said to them, here is the king's son. The time has come for him to reign. The Lord has promised that a descendant of David will be our king. This is what you must do when you priests and Levites come on duty on the Sabbath. A third of you will serve as gatekeepers. Another third will go over to the royal palace and a final third will be at the foundation gate. Everyone else should stay in the courtyards of the Lord's temple. Remember only the priests and Levites on duty may enter the temple of the Lord for they are set apart as holy. The rest of the people must obey the Lord's instructions and stay outside. You Levites form a bodyguard around the king and keep your weapons in hand. Kill anyone who tries to enter the temple and stay with the king wherever he goes. So the Levites and all the people of Judah did everything in Jeho as Jehoiada the priest ordered. The commanders took charge of the men reporting for duty that Sabbath, as well as those who were going off duty. Jehoiada the priest did not let anyone go home after their shift ended. Then Jehoiada supplied the commanders with the spears and large and small shields that once belonged to King David and were stored in the temple of God. He stationed all the people around the king with their weapons ready. They formed a line from the south side of the temple around to the north side and all around the altar. And if you want to take a look at what this, what this looks like, there's a rendering of it in the... In the uh, in the top of my blog, so check it out. It's from um, Free Bible Images. Verse eleven. Then Jehoiada and his sons brought out Joash, the king's son, placed the crown on his head, and presented him with a copy of God's laws. They anointed him and proclaimed him king. Everyone shouted, "Long live the king!" The death of Athaliah. When Athaliah heard the noise of the people running and the shouts of praise to the king, she hurried to the Lord's temple to see what was happening. When she arrived, she saw the newly crowned king standing in his place of authority by the pillar at the temple entrance. The commanders and trumpeters were surrounding him, and people from all over the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. Singers with musical instruments were leading the people in a great celebration. When Athaliah saw this, she tore her clothes in despair and shouted, treason, treason. Then Jehodiah the priest ordered the commanders who were in charge of the troops, take her to 
the soldiers in front of the temple and kill anyone who tries to rescue her. For the priest says she must not be killed in the temple of the Lord. So they see to her and led her out to the entrance of the horse gate on the palace grounds, and they killed her there. Jehoiada's religious reforms. Verse 16, then Jehoiada made a covenant between himself and the king and the people that they would be the Lord's people. What a concept. And all the people went over to the temple of Baal and tore it down. They demolished the altars and smashed the idols and they killed Matan, the priest of Baal, in front of the altars. Jehoiada now put the priests and the Levites in charge of the temple of the Lord, following all the directions given by David. He also commanded them to present burnt offerings to the Lord as prescribed by the law of Moses to sing and rejoice as David had instructed. He also stationed gatekeepers at the gates of the Lord's temple to keep out those who for any reason were ceremonially unclean. Then the commanders, nobles, rulers, and all people of the land escorted the king from the temple of the Lord. They went through the upper gate and into the palace, and they seated the king on the royal throne. So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was peaceful because Athaliah had been killed. And that's the end of 2 Chronicles 23. Oh, folks, what we've got here is an ancient soap opera. <laughs> Long ago, during my prodigal years, I was hooked on several soap operas. There always seemed to be a consistent line of notoriously evil, greedy, or rotten people who didn't have anything better to do than to disrupt and ruin the lives of the good folks, albeit it made for good drama and the selling of advertised goods. All this idolatrous mayhem stems back to when Jehoshaphat, in attempts to partner up with King Ahab of the Northern Kingdom, had his son Jehoram marry Ahab's daughter, Athaliah. It's interesting that Ezra, in trying to keep this story as positive as he could, avoided mentioning that Athaliah's mom was the evil queen Jezebel. Talk about bad blood. Mm. And if you want to know all about Jezebel, if you're not familiar with everything that she did, click on over to my blog, click on her name, and you can get over to an um, article that I wrote on her. Now, King Jehoram adopted Jezebel's worship of pagan Fagan. Yeah, pagan fake gods and idols. Nevertheless, God wanted to preserve David's royal lineage because the Messiah would eventually come from there. When you read Jesus's family tree in either Matthew 1 or Luke 3, you can see that his lineage isn't perfect, yet Jesus was perfect never sinning while he was here on earth, which goes to show if you're focused on God, study scriptures, AKA the Bible, and seek him first, you'll be okay. Elijah was a prophet in the Northern Kingdom. He wrote Jehoram a letter. However, Elijah was swept up or raptured into heaven during Jehoshaphat's reign. Thus, it was prophetic. God stirred up the Philistines, Arabs, and Ethiopians to attack Jehoram, and later he dies in agony, suffering from an incurable disease. He died, and no one came to his funeral. His son, Azahiah, reigned for only one year, and he followed the evil pagan ways of his grandmother and great-grandparents. Because the kings of Judah wanted to partner with evil kings of the northern kingdom of Israel, they got caught up in God's wrath. Ahaziah died in battle. 
Athaliah, Jezebel's daughter, kills all the heirs and puts herself on the throne as queen. And she ruled for six years and it was a mess. All because of idolatry. The influence of a godly man. Here's where the soap opera gets soapy. Enter Jeho Jehoshaphat, Ahaziah's sister, who also happened to be the wife of the priest, Jehoiada took her nephew Joash and had hid him in the temple. And you can read the whole story in 2 Kings 11, and I did a study on that one. The point here is that when Joash is crowned, he is given the word of God as designated by Moses in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 17, 18, when he sits on the throne as king, he must copy for himself this body of instruction on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests. He's supposed to read it every day, daily. Okay, that out. What a concept. Imagine if our politicians didn't just swear their oath of office on a Bible, but were handed a Bible as an instruction book on how to make wise decisions. What a world we would live in. Pastor Sandy Adams comments. When the right king is restored to the throne, revival returns to Judah. The same is true in us. Remove the Athaliah, the usurper in your life, return Jesus to the throne, and he'll bring renewal. Worship was treated seriously again. <clears throat> Excuse me. God was not just worshiped in name only, but in spirit and truth. Then that's from Pastor Sandy Adams. If you want to re uh, read or listen to his whole um message on on this these chapters you can click on up on blog and click on his name stay rooted in your relationship with god the lesson here is to not partner with idolaters to not listen to false teachers to not ignore the bible the word of god to not ignore the holy spirit who helps guides uh, guide us in the right direction and to not divert from the narrow road. And if you don't know what the narrow road is, again, click on over to my blog, click where it says narrow road. It's towards the bottom. And the question is, do you have a relationship with God? And Jesus didn't suffer torture and die so we could have religion. He died so he could have a personal relationship with you. And he told us in Revelation 3.20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll, we'll, we'll share a meal together as friends. Jesus is knocking at the door to your heart. He wants to be your friend. He wants to have a relationship with you. Isn't it about time you let him in? So what are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and the confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click what it says. How to invite Jesus into your life. And at the bottom of today's blog, I embedded three songs. First, by Lauren Daigle, One God by Ghost Ship and The Solid Rock, which is a beautiful hymn on Christ the Solid Rock I Stand, All Other Ground is Sinking Sand. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. If you're just starting to read the Bible and prefer to hold a book in your hands rather than use an app, it's a good idea to get a study Bible. But which version or translation is best? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. 
when I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and the thous and stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the New International Version, and that was great for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New Living Translation. I'm an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen two study Bibles that would be great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.